0: Any chance you get, yeah, get out and attend events. The people who are going to be running at you and and throwing business cards and things at you, they're not the people you you want to hang around. There's a, a Tim Ferriss expression. He says, go narrow and go deep. That's the way that he views networking. You don't want to go out there and have a surface level conversation with 500 people. Find two or three or four people who you really gel with. Talk about what you can do to help them, what they can do to help you, what friendships, you know, what hobbies and interests and things that you have and make sure that you keep in touch with those people. Always think about what you can do to, to give. In 1837, Horace Mann created the education system a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors. The same system that is still being used today in the 21st century. Now, man's system is backfiring. We are being molded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teachers' fault. This isn't the government's fault, this is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances, and us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven
1: Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians teaching you practical life
0: skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life. And now your host, Byron Dempsey.
1: Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast, and today I'm joined by a good friend and mentor of mine, James Whitaker. I met James over a year ago through another good friend of mine. He co-owns and co-runs the largest podcasting event in the Southern Hemisphere called We Are Podcasts, which, funny enough, I attended this in 2018, and it was one of the reasons I started my own podcast. James is a mentor of mine who helps me run my business and is just an all-out incredible person. I had hoped to get him on the show in person one day, but due to lockdown, I figured I would do a virtual interview with him instead. James has written three best-selling books translated into six languages he's a host of a top-rated podcast and speaks internationally to packed audiences he's also been profiled in renowned publications including success magazine money magazine and entrepreneur and featured on 500 plus radio podcasts and television shows including the today show the gabby reese show and entrepreneurs on fire He's worked with people in 20 plus countries to help generate seven figures in their business revenue, launch number one podcasts in multiple countries and categories, confirm five figure sponsorship deals for their business, win Emmy awards, publish number one international best selling books, and finally crack the code to scaling their income without scaling their workload. So, as you can see, James has achieved a hell of a lot. But now, how has he achieved that? Well, that brings us to the theme of today's episode: communication, networking, and building relationships. If you listen to this show often, you know how important that skill is. So today, James and I deep dive into why you should grow your network. How to grow your network, adopting the right mindset and practical next steps so you can get started today. This is an epic episode and I hope you enjoy it and please DM me and James if you get some value from it. Fact is thousands and thousands of people will listen to this podcast episode on networking and communication, but very few people will take action. So be one of the few. It's only a quick DM and James and I will answer to everyone. We don't buy it. Quick reminder, that my book is coming out. You can get a copy of that in the link in the bio. And are you ready for university? Why not take my quiz to find out? It's free, it takes less than five minutes, and gives you a custom report instantly. Now, over to James. James Whitaker, welcome so much to the podcast. Driven young. How good. I
0: feel very lucky to, to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Yeah, look, um, I'm excited because, you know, for a long time, I've wanted to have you on the show, but I'll, my goal was always like, I'll get you on in a year or two years when I'm eventually in LA at some point or in America, and we'll do it in person. Um, so obviously, we've known each other for, I guess, almost two years now. Um or over a year. I don't, I'm not too sure. It's been, it's been a while. We've been doing some work, a lot of stuff in the podcasting world. Um, what, you, what we do is quite aligned in terms of, I guess, personal development, mindset. We've both got a podcast and stuff. Um, and so I'm super excited for this episode. This episode, we really want to deep dive into communication and networking and building relationships. So this is one of the most important skills, in my opinion. I think a, a report came out. So the top five skills employees are looking for. Number one was communication. So it's like, this is super, super important. Um, Before we get into communication, get into some tactical stuff, I'd love to just know your story from high school. When you graduated high school, what did you do straight after and all the gaps in between and what are you currently up to right now?
0: Well, great question, and it's interesting that you and I, in the in the almost two years that we've known each other, what a crazy time it's it's been for the world. So it really mm. is just a um, you haven't been able to travel out of Australia, I haven't been able to travel uh, to Australia. So uh, at least it's an opportunity for us to do this. But for me, in in high school. Um, The the sort of seeds of what I was going to do afterwards were really planted for me in high school. Now, I went to a very good school uh, in Brisbane where I I lived until for the first 28 years of my life. I've been now in the US for about nine or so years. And I, I had this really debilitating battle with anxiety when I was in high school and I just didn't know what it was. Now, it's a lot easier for you when you understand and recognize exactly what anxiety is to be able to take steps to be able to improve that and move past that so you can have that confidence to really participate in life. But when I didn't know what it was, it really manifested for me in really just feeling extremely ill, like I just had to flee whatever room I was in. And for me, that really manifested when things like where everything was on the line. So things like as you get, of course, into year 12, things like exams, things that determine your OP all of those things were the situations where I have such vivid memories of putting my hand up where I just said look I I'm about to throw up I need to leave here and right. wow. then you'd go to sick bay for 2 hours and you'd feel totally fine and you feel absolutely hopeless and miserable and there's just no idea for that and the only way I was able to get through that was if I to- if I told myself that it wasn't important that I didn't care so with that with that lens of look I just don't care about this that was where it was easier for me to be able to really cope in those situations and there were only maybe two or three people who knew about that battle that I was going through and the situation then where of course my my grades weren't great i got into the university of queensland uq which is the university i wanted to go to because a lot of my friends were going there i got in there by the the slimmest of margins and that was really uh even then when i when i started university i still had the same anxiety issues but that that coping mechanism of just if you don't care, that means you don't study. It doesn't matter mm. what results you get. And you hang out with people where it's like fours open doors, threes get degrees, talking about the, the grading scale there. And Just to clarify real quick, sorry. Of course. So when was this? Like what year was this, do you think? this would? So I graduated in 2000. So I started university in 2001. Okay. So do you think there's been a cultural shift in terms of what anxiety actually is? I think it was
1: less normalized back then. Do you think that may have impacted why you couldn't deal with it?
0: You know, I don't. I don't really know. I haven't spoken too much to high school and university people specifically about anxiety in that time, because mm, I think, um, you know, something
1: Brent talks about, who runs Empower You, who I've mentioned to you, he says, you know, he's been running it since two thousand and one. So great example, two thousand and one to two thousand and twenty. He says, back when he started, no one even knew what anxiety was, but now it's like catching the cold. Every second person we have has anxiety, and is that because life is harder, or is it because we've started to, you know um, remove the stigma behind it and normalize it more. Uh, and maybe that could have impacted, you know, why you couldn't deal with it and why, I guess you had a bit of a sweeper under the rug method.
0: Sounds Yeah, like it. definitely. We, we all have these coping mechanisms to do what we got to do, but eventually what you don't deal with will eventually deal with you. And that's exactly what it yeah. was for me with all that anxiety stuff. But it was only when I was aware of exactly what it was and I was able to understand the physiological symptoms and breathing and, and have a moment where I'm like, you know what? I'm never, ever, ever, Going to live like this ever again. And that was the, that was a huge turning point for me to get that back on track. So that was when I started doing uh, a lot better at university. Uh, Then I was able to go into the corporate world, into financial planning. And yeah, I've had a lot of entrepreneurial uh, moments and, and different things like that before I moved to the US when I was 28 years old. Yeah, amazing.
1: And so I know people are already thinking this. Could you just give us a rundown of what were the stuff you did to help remove that anxiety? Because I think a lot of people have anxiety right now and they'll be going, oh, how did you get rid of it? Was it through breathing, meditation?
0: Was it through drugs? Like, What was your method there? The very first thing was hitting absolute rock bottom. So I was working part time at a bottle shop, uh, the Grape at Balimba, which I, I forget what it's what it's now called. But I, I had this moment there where it was the very first time that I was working alone, and that's that's it. That's that moment there of like, oh my god, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I, I threw up, I fainted, and I came wow. home, and my mum was actually the only person there who I really felt comfortable talking to. And I said, I can't live like this anymore. And she said, you have everything you need to succeed right here and right here, and tap my head and my heart. And that was the most defining moment of my entire life. So the the point from there after hitting rock bottom was really just making that commitment to say, look, that's never going to happen again. I I am going to empower myself. And so what do I need to do? I need to really understand exactly what it is that's going on. So understanding breathing, that was a really big component that you can Mm -hmm. actually calm yourself down through breathing. I didn't know that before. The next spot, uh, the next uh, action after that was learning, consuming every single thing that I could find on mindset, peak performance, resilience, health, relationships. All confidence, all of those different things. And that's what I've I've been doing since that point. I've been on that journey now for 15, 16 years of, of consuming every single thing that I can get my hands on and applying and getting out of my comfort zone. But I, I feel like with anxiety specifically, it's something that at least in my experience, I don't know if it's anything that will, that will go away forever. I still mm. have these feelings at, at really random times. Like sometimes I might be sitting there getting my hair cut and your brain just has that that trigger of like, look, you can't, you can't get up and run away from here. You've got that, you know, that cape thing on, whatever it's called. Yeah, exactly. And you can't, you know, you're going to go running down the street with, with half your, half your haircut and the other half not. So it's, it's those things that, that can happen. But I think for anyone who's dealing with anxiety, you've really got to understand their physiological um, dealings of exactly what it is and then get a plan for you to move forward, which starts by um, doing and consuming all you can about mindset. Um, but for me, breathing was, was the big one. It was understanding mm-hmm. exactly what anxiety is and what it stems from and what creates it. And what triggers it? Because, you know, I've done a lot of work with uh, the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Uh, The Napoleon Hill Foundation, of course, published the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is a super successful book. Mm. And just as it's so funny now doing all my work with that, looking back at it, it made me realize that just as we can think and grow rich, we can also think and grow poor. And if you Mm, fall victim to that anxiety mindset, that's exactly what you're doing. You're focusing on those what-if negative scenarios rather than those what-if positive scenarios and doing everything that you can to create the circumstances that you want in your life.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, mindset comes up a lot lot in this podcast. I'd argue, you know, by listening to this podcast, the biggest thing you're doing is, you know, shifting your mindset. And, you know, obviously me and you both are aware of that the cringy and the negative terms, you know, a lot of people are using it, but it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm aware of all that, but it's so powerful. It's like, and so also on breathing, like breathing, there's so much science behind breathing. Like for me, I haven't dealt with anxiety, nowhere near to that level that you've faced. But for me, the biggest times I get it, especially when I started presenting and empower you the first time I was about to go on, There's a lot of pressure on me because I was already a presenter and I hadn't presented yet. And so I was just like, oh, man, what if I stuff it up? Have I just ruined six months of building relationships and stuff? And I remember I was like feeling, I had that, you know, that that feeling of, of anxiety and I just sat down. I just did like deep breaths just for a good, you know, few minutes and it was literally gone. I felt so much better. Like I'm pretty sure they say if you're feeling stressed, or overwhelmed, take three deep breaths and that can just calm your body down. It's something simple as that. Um, so and- yeah, that, that's really good advice when it comes to that because I think so many people are facing that, especially with the HSC and the final year of
0: school, there's a lot of pressure on us. Of course, massive, massive amount of pressure and really in the whole scheme of things, it doesn't it doesn't mean anywhere near as much as what they actually do. Oh, so of course. There are people out there who who got the OP1s, some of my best friends, and that was what because I was um, subconsciously comparing myself to them. They were the ones who performed extremely well academically. My brother performed extremely well academically. I came from a, a good family, raised in a beautiful country like Australia, and I had every single opportunity that was there. And because I didn't figure out exactly what those anxiety feelings were, and I wasn't able to create good academic results. I felt like a worthless, malfunctioned human destined for the Mm. scrap heap. And as as you talk about a lot as well, there are people out there who just don't test well. I'm just not someone like you who's going to go out there and test well. well. But you and I are resourceful. You and I are resilient. And people out there who know exactly what they want and follow the right plan, they can create whatever circumstances they want, irrespective of what grade they received on some standardized test. Absolutely.
1: I mean, whether you've got incredible marks or really bad marks, don't let those marks define who you are. Like, mm-hmm. you know, life is going to be different once you finish high school. It doesn't matter if you've got incredible marks, that doesn't mean you're going to be blitz life. And if you've got really bad marks, it doesn't mean you're going to f- fail at life. It really, you know, comes down to resilience, work ethic. Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, not determination. Um, oh, it's a word I think a lot of young people need to develop. I just had a blank. It's a very common is it your word. your ability like, to
0: apply yourself?
1: Discipline, discipline. I don't know yeah. why I blank, blank. But I'm like, discipline is such an important thing, especially nowadays. Um, so yeah, that that stuff is so important. And ev- everyone I meet on the show says that. I think a misconception a lot of people have of me is I'm just. I got a bad result in high school. Therefore, I hate the school system and I like to tear it down or whatever. It's like, no, (laughs) it's backed up with so much research. I've been so deep in this thing for three years. I interview people like you and I didn't even tell you to say that. You just said it on your own fruition. Mm. You know, I didn't say, hey, so what do you think of the system? You just brought it up. Like it's very, very common. No one really goes, oh, look, these marks determine my life. And so, but that's a perception we had in school. At least I had in school and a lot of people around us had in school. Um, I'm not sure about other countries, but... It's a dangerous mindset to have. And it really pushes you into thinking failure is bad when, as you and I both know, failure is important and a
0: crucial part of growing. Definitely. And I wish school taught more about the ability to solve problems, not memorization of of different facts and not maths problems and all of those different things, which I've never even used, uh, uh, you know, f- for the rest of my life since I since I did that. But the ability to figure out exactly what it is you want, the persistence to be able to see that through, and the resourcefulness enough to be able to accumulate the right people, the right money if you need funding, the right ideas uh, as you do, and what I've been able to do to create the circumstances that you want. Like it's time and time again, school does not define us and the system is is not designed really, it's it's designed to put people into two brackets, smart and stupid. And yeah. sometimes the people who are deemed as smart are the ones who get really, really hit hard when they realize that life is actually pretty brutal and that getting an OP1 or whatever the equivalent is, is not the be all and end all it's cracked up to be. And the people At- out there who are stupid might never have the realization that there's a better life out there for them. Or when they do, they're like, wow, you know what, now I'm going to show those people and the teachers and the system and all of my other classmates and things who said I wouldn't amount to anything exactly what it is that I'm made of. And they go on to do some pretty cool things.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean. Like I really don't think it benefits anyone, even if you're really smart or really stupid, I say in quotation marks, because of course you're not stupid. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just don't test well but there's so many variables. Um, but you've really got to take what we're saying and apply it to your own life. Like wh- which which category do I sit in? How do I how do I feel? Um, so I think, you know, anyone who's listening to the show probably understands that by now so i think it's, it's super important they understand that but they do but let's shift gears let's move into communication skills and mm-hmm. building your network so before we get into that i wanted to clarify this is something i talk about a lot it's something you t- you know you hear a lot of adults talk about and when you're a kid you go what the hell does that mean building my network what do i mean i got to build relationships like what your network is your net worth what does that mean it's very vague and confusing and you're not really sure how to do that Um, is it as simple as going to networking events? I don't think it's as simple as that. I think there's a lot more behind that. But first
0: of all, before we get into how we can build a network, why is it so important? Why should we be doing something like this? Well, my favorite principle from the book Think and Grow Rich is the ninth principle, the power of the mastermind. And that says that you don't need to have all of the answers yourself. You can surround yourself with people who have other attributes other skills other resources and you bring them into your mission to be able to move forward together so you've just got a lot more resources at your disposal think about if you're launching a business and you might say wow i've got this great idea i'm not going to tell anyone because i'm worried that someone's going to steal that idea and -hmm. they go to market with a product that's only been in their own head and their idea of how effective it's going to be compare that to someone else who says, you know what, I'm going to get the three or four smartest people I know who come from different industries who can help me troubleshoot this idea. They can help me make it even better. They can give me some constructive feedback. And then they run a beta version where they get more and more people involved. And Mm -hmm. then finally, they launch a product. That's that's you know been stress tested by so many different people. What business do you think is more likely to succeed over the over the long term out of those two scenarios? Of the course, second one. yeah, of course, yeah. it's the one that's yeah. leveraged the power of relationships. So, I if, if I was to boil any success that I've had down to one thing, it would be relationships, hands down by by far. Nothing else even comes close. Relationships enable you to create anything that you want in life, in 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 health, personal life, in business, literally everything if you do it the mm. right way
1: yeah absolutely and so much of i mean my success and where i've gotten today has been through relationships and that's where podcasting has been phenomenal um you know if you want to i honestly if you wanted to build relationships you could start a podcast there was something i saw and i was like you know what advice someone asked me what how would you build a network or what would you do if you're younger or 18 or something i was like you know create a show called like the 100 or something and you interview for 10 minutes 100 incredible people that you're inspired by and then all you can do is reach out to them and say, "Hey, I'm interviewing top 100 people that inspire me. You're one of them. Great. That's pulling at the ego. Do you have 10 minutes to come and do a podcast interview with me? Great. That's a great way to meet these cool people. And then you ask them, you know, who do you know that would be great for the show? And so that's just going to be so beneficial. You'll probably have no one listening, but that doesn't matter because there'll be so many benefits to it, and it can help grow your network. Um, it's it's so crucial. Um, and the mastermind thing is 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 great as well i'm sure we can go into you know actual masterminds and surrounding yourself with um but how do you recommend you know i guess how did you personally how did you start growing your network what was the first step that
0: you took so one of the big ones for me was when I was in my early 20s uh, with three other friends who were from different backgrounds, we would meet, I think it was every two weeks, we would just meet in a boardroom of an office and we would, we would always have one person would research a company that they found interesting. Another person would present an investment opportunity that they thought would be interesting because we were putting away money every month that we would go and invest in these different things. And then we would also write different topics into a little piece of paper and put that in a hat and then we'd have to present for two minutes on whatever was on that piece of paper. And what Happened there is we're just learning so much about companies and industries and just different things to build up our own value. And we're also becoming more valuable through things like effective communication skills through the presentations that we're doing. I mean, if someone says to you, you've got to present for two minutes on a ping-pong ball, you're gonna get pretty good at communication very, very quickly because it's a very, very hard thing to do. So having your own mastermind group of between four and six people, I think is great, like-minded values, but very different, not necessarily very different backgrounds, but not clones of yourself because you just don't want to have clones with yourself if if your objective Mm. is to grow. Leave the ego at the door, meet on a regular basis, have a specific idea of what goals are important to each of you and then go around in a circle and present, here is what I'm up to, here are the things that I need and everyone else in the group can brainstorm ways that they can help that person. That is a mastermind concept that you can do for free Anyone in the world can do that and they will get massive benefits of that. I've now been doing that for about 15 years and the results from that have been absolutely enormous. So that has been absolutely massive for me. Another one would be investing in actual masterminds or, or groups where you know that people um, are just, just they're, they have good reputations in you and they stand behind their products and you know that they're going to do amazing things like everything that you do and all the uh, organizations and associations that you're involved in. I, I tell everyone about them because you are an amazing person doing really cool things and you stand behind your product. It's a great way of being able to level up your network by showing that you're willing to invest in yourself to get around the right people. The <laughs> And the other one that you said about starting your own podcast, I mean, if I'm young and there's an opportunity to do something like podcasting, it's an absolute no-brainer. And if you do it the right way, the ROI of having your own podcast is there before anyone even hears the episode Yeah, because you get these great people on the show, you're doing forced learning beforehand, you're you're reading their books or listening to their their audio Mm. books, you're listening to podcasts that they've been on previously, you're asking them interesting, unique questions which establishes that rapport and And then at the end, you're asking what you can do specifically to help them, which of course means they're going to turn around and say, what are you up to and what can I do to help you? And on the condition that you have a specific ask in mind, that is an enormous way to be able to build your network. An example of an ask might be, as you said, I know you're connected with John Smith. I read his book. It was an amazing book. Here's an example of someone I would love to have on the show. If you'd feel comfortable doing an introduction, I'd really appreciate it. As always, let me know what I can do to help you slam dunk you'll get that 95 percent of the time and then follow up with every single one of those things 80 percent of the magic is in that is in that follow-up people just don't follow it up they chalk it up to look that person didn't respond but if you follow up that's when you're going to get the yes the real yes yeah
1: wow i mean that was that was pure gold right there and i think there's a lot to unpack so we'll probably spend a few minutes on that but i mean number one you know what you just said was free and was with a few people like And I think you have to understand people want to do this. Like, Number one, if there's no benefit to that first mastermind, it's fun. You get to hang out with people once a week or once every fortnight. Like At bare minimum, it's a great way to stay connected with your friends. Secondly, you can do all those games and stuff like the ping pong ball. Great example. When I did my presentation course, six-day course, the the speaker who was running it, my God, you give him anything. He'd be like, what what do you want me to talk about? He'd do a 15-minute talk (laughs) on apples and he'd go into detail. You're like, give him the most bizarre things. He can communicate on that. And so it's a great strategy to get you, you know, feeling uncomfortable and out of your shoes. I know Toastmasters, which is like um, you know, a worldwide company that helps public speakers, when they start, you like you do the thing where people talk about a random thing and then they you do you finish off the sentence and you know you go, I think so they'll say something and they'll finish on a word and then you continue the sentence and it'll be like random stuff in a jungle or whatever. And you've just got to make it up on the spot. And it's, it's high pressure, you know, you feel stressed, but it puts you out of your comfort zone and you can develop communication skills. So number one, it's free. It's so easy to do and just make that effort. You know, I'm a big fan of systems. You know, before when I graduated high school, my friends and I didn't see each other for months at a time because we were so scattered. And then we started playing Dungeons and Dragons every Wednesday night. And we've been doing that for like three years. So for every night, every Wednesday night, I see them. And we, we have dinner, we play the game. It's a great way to catch up with them. Now it's over Zoom, which, you know, it's just frustrating because, no, I'm sick of Zoom, just like everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, building their systems, um, joining masterminds, you know, that, that can be difficult to do for young people, but look out for those things. My mate, he's a travel influencer. He joined a travel vlogging, you know, masterminds, ju- you know, cost him a lot of money and he didn't care about any of the content. He just purely wanted to meet the people in the group. Mm. He's like, you know, I'll spend five grand just because I want to meet these other people. And maybe when I'm in their country, we'll do, we'll do a collaboration and I'll make 10 grand off of that in the future. Yeah. And it's playing a long game i mean there's this, this rapid fire things from you um you mentioned a few things there like um, providing value to them first yeah. and then they'll and then ask at the end have a good call to action we'll talk that, about that um but the final thing before i throw it back to you sorry <laughs> um was when you mentioned the podcast i totally understand that like you know everyone's starting a podcast now and when you start a podcast everyone's gonna be like oh just another person starting a podcast Who cares? Just do it. Who cares? If you want to do it, do it. Um, Understand you're probably not doing it for listeners. You're doing it for the reasons we just listed below and there's going to be so many benefits. So that's kind of my take on what you just said. Um, But for the call to action, I think it's important you have a ready call to action just in your pocket that you can pull out at at any point. Do you agree? Like what advice do you have for that?
0: Definitely, definitely. And there's one thing I I wanted to share there just on the mastermind group that I have when I first moved to LA. So I moved to LA, it would have been in 2013. And we had a group of six of us, two of those guys have now moved back to Australia once a month, we don't do it as regularly now, because we've uh, married and kids and and different things and COVID have made it a little bit tougher. But out of that group of six people, just the things that have been – as 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 you as each of us in that group become more and more valuable, as everyone's just continuing to grow in their own areas if you're around the right people, that group of people that you're around when they're 18, when they're 21, and then they're 25, and then they're 30, and then they're 35, as everyone continues to grow and their networks expand and they have more expertise – what you can provide each other is, is absolutely crazy. And what's happened to me, even in the last couple of months, where out of the two people in that mastermind, so two of five others, I'm the, I'm the sixth person in that group, one of them had approached me and said, "There's a TV show. Um, we'd love to just be involved with. They basically renovate a part of your a part of your house, and there's like you get you even get paid to do this. So we got paid to have our house renovated for a national television show. So the relationships with the producers was there. The national, well, it's international. I mean, America is a big country, but this show is going around the world. It's international exposure, and you get paid to do it all through someone who I was friends with from the mastermind. Mm, and wow. another one, I had a meeting with a guy last night night where he's like, look, we've got to get your own TV show for you. What would that look like? And I can turn around to someone else now who's another Brisbane guy who's just now one of the top producers of TV in America. because He's done so many great things in the last 15 years. I can say to him, what would be the perfect concept or help me workshop an amazing concept that we can then pitch to these different networks who actually who who are now excited about having a TV show? They just want to figure out what the right concept is. All of that is from relationships, and you know how much it cost me? Nothing, not a mm. single thing, but if you 're out there complaining about you know anything else, people they complain about their sporting teams, they complain about the traffic, they complain about the weather and what they don 't have, have real conversations with people who can be very influential for you as you can be as you can be for them and um, you mentioned specific calls to action it 's important there that you don 't waste those opportunities when they 're there. It doesn't matter what it is, but make sure it's something. Like if you've got a high-value person there ready to go, ask them. for. They, they, these people want to help you, but if they don't know what you want, they can't help you and they won't. If someone says to you, what can I do to help you? And you say nothing or I'm good right now, it's a massive wasted opportunity. Mm. I'll give you an example.
1: Um, how I met Brent who runs You, which has been one of the biggest, you know, the most exciting thing is kind of, I don't know. It's been a very exciting thing for me. You know, I, I can see myself doing that for the next, you know, long time—ten years at least. Um, it's a huge opportunity for me. How I met him was through someone I met at an event. I went up and approached her, and I just she made viral videos, and I was like, "Oh, viral videos! I'm in video. Let's have a chat." <laughs> um, I invited her on my podcast. She was episode four. She was episode four of my podcast. Super early days. Um, her sister came as well. And then we were chatting and she says, oh, you got to meet this guy, Dale, go to his event. He said, so you re- recommend it. So I was like, all right, fine. So I go to his event. Um, I sign up to his program. I meet Dale and I have a chat with him. I then have Dale on my podcast like a year later. And at the end, Dale says, how can I help you? You know, that, just as most successful people do, because they know that's how they got to where they are by um, having people, by, people, people help them. So how, how can I help you? And so I just said, oh, look, I'm looking to get in front of as many young people as possible. And he goes, oh, great. Well, I actually started a business 20 years ago with my best friend, Brent. You should chat with him. Okay, cool. I get on get on Zoom, get the email, have a chat with Brent, have him on the podcast. Bang, relationship's been built. And it's just like both the stories I gave and the stories you gave just then, we didn't have that intention. There was no plan for that to happen. The thing is you can't plan. If you're going in to network with someone because you have something you want to get out of it, you know, it's not a good not a good reason to do it. You want to do it just because you want to do it and you want to build relationships and help each other out. Now, by doing it that way, you're probably going to get a lot out of it. But you didn't join us masterminds. So you could
0: renovate your house, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, this one was just, just six of us as friends catching up. And there's another one. I'll give you an example of a good call to action and a bad call to action as far as like a specific ask.
1: And just the to master- clarify
0: to, to listeners, call to action is the
1: marketing term for when... You know, buy now, you know, take up this deal right now. So we're just, we're using marketing terms here, but it's like when someone asks you something, what is your call to action? Like, what is your thing that can help them? Sorry. Yeah.
0: Good, no good clarification uh, so it's this mastermind I go to every year in Austin Texas it's the Wizard of Ads Academy there which is like this Harry Potter thing at the tallest point of Austin it's an amazing place to be there with some really cool high-level entrepreneurs this is a paid thing that I do to be a part of there's about I think it's about 50 people who attend those those masterminds that they run every year and the very first time I was there I was told by a buddy of mine who invited me that there's always an opportunity for an ask you get one ask of the entire group of, of very very successful oh, wow room. that is yeah. huge and I was very nervous I was thinking about what what would it be and then finally got to the room it was the second day of this thing everyone knew each other really well and it got to me and it's like what do you want your ass to be and I said I want to be speaking on stage in front of a hundred thousand people in the next uh in the next year and that was it, and nothing happened as a result of it. And mm. it's it was just a vague. I it was it was it was a, it was a vague ask. Uh, I didn't provide enough detail around the planning and what I could offer and all of those different things. Someone else there had their ask, and it was I've seen Tony Robbins. This person was a um, a chiropractor, I believe, or, or physio, but someone who, who really helps people with their bodies and. Uh, what he works with predominantly is, is sleep, so things like pillows and what and all that type of thing. So he he said, I've seen Tony Robbins, and he's got this issue with his – I think it was with his neck. I know I can fix it with this pillow that I've got. My specific ask is if there's someone out there who can introduce me to Tony Robbins, which I know is a huge ask in itself. I can fix this thing that's been plaguing Tony for years and years and years. It's going to completely transform his life. Because this person had the social capital, a very specific ask, there was someone in there in the group. I believe it was Joe Polish who's got a a big thing called the Genius Network, which is a huge mastermind that Tim Ferriss and and everyone else are part of. And Joe Polish went to Tony Robbins and said, here is this guy who believes he can help change your life through this thing, was able to facilitate an introduction. He did. Tony Robbins, it did change his life through this pillow that he got. Now, Tony Robbins is connected with this doctor and they have a great relationship. And of course, having a testimonial from someone as well known as Tony Robbins is an amazing foundation to be able to build that guy's business. That's mm. the difference between a good ask and a bad ask. So, having something specific and knowing that the more valuable you become through getting out of your comfort zone and learning more about different industries and reading books and listening to podcasts like this one, the more value you have to give, even, even having a big network. We've spoken a Mm. lot about relationships here. If you have one friend to refer someone to, then you, you're sort of limited. But if you've got 50 people in a whole bunch of different industries where you can say, look, Byron, I know you're a perfect fit, For Kate, this person will change your life. You guys go and make magic together. um, More than happy to make that introduction. Then the sky is the limit on what you can achieve.
1: Yeah. And I I just did that with my, um, I just had like a one-hour chat. She's coming on the podcast um, with Brene Brown, second in command almost. She runs her whole company in the Asia-Pacific region. Really intelligent woman, like very smart, very successful. Um, We share a lot of the same beliefs about the schooling system and, you know, similar to what our beliefs are. And I just said, she she spoke about authenticity and she's like, oh, I love talking about authenticity because that's a big Brené Brown thing. And I was just like, oh, it's funny you say that because my friend, she just launched a whole new website my friend who started a business as a woman's public speaking coach, when she started it, she, she, you know, she was 21 years old. She wanted to look like an adult. So she got all these photos taken in a blazer, very professional, but it wasn't who she was. It wasn't authentic at all. And now she's realized that wasn't who she was. She's got all these new photos of her smiling with like hats on and it's like all these great photos, complete rebrand. And I said, this is really cool. You should check her out. And she said, oh, I'd love to have a chat with her. So then I then introed her and now they're going to have a chat. And I don't know what's going to come from that. Maybe nothing, but maybe something huge. And that's just because, and funny enough, Annie, who I'm talking about, we're friends because she's been listening to my podcast for over a year. And she reached out to me and said, hey, Byron, I love what you're doing. I'd love to like, buy a coffee for you. And so we met up and she's one of my closest friends now. And there's been so much magic come from that relationship social um, capital that, yeah you've been able yeah, to build now, up from that yeah yeah and she's dating one of my friends now and it's just like you know there's so much that just happens and it's yeah. it's just crazy what can happen from one referral and just by you reaching out and dming someone
0: yeah. um, and, the and playing th- the
1: long game yeah absolutely yes, rather than just trying
0: to get an instant transaction
1: with yeah. no intention with no exactly. hidden agenda or intention just pure genuine curiosity
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah 100%. um but the other thing i was going to say on oh yeah so all right byron And James, I understand how important it is to have a good pitch to 50 incredible people, but I'm 18 years old. I'm not in that situation. Here's where it applies. It applies when you're at a barbecue and one of your dad's friends is there and you're having a chat with him. And he says, what are you doing now? And you say, I'm actually, I'm trying to get into this. I'm I'm actually, you know, I'm thinking about about studying physiotherapy, but I'm not sure if I want to do it. Do you know anyone that I could like, I could, you know, shadow for a a week or two? Yeah, I got a mate who's a physiotherapist. Bang, you're in. Work experience. Internship. Stuff like that. Like, you never know. It's a whole six degrees of separation. Like, everyone's connected by six people in the world. And so it's just at a barbecue, it's a graduation, your high school graduation, the amount of people are going to be there. Your principal's well connected. Your teachers are well connected. They know people. You just never, never know. And obviously, social media, like, you can message all these people and do this crazy thing. So it's really. Obviously, in the professional world, when masterminds, it's super important to have a great call to action, but it's just important to have it that you can pull out of your pocket. I mentioned mine before. I'm just looking to get in front of as many young people as possible. Maybe that's not specific enough, but it's worked for me so far because getting in front of young people is kind of specific and it depends on the person. Maybe I think it's changed since then, but it's tricky. It's just finding the balance It's got to be specific, though. That's probably the key word for call to action.
0: Yeah, I think it's really great what you have done. An example would be if you then came to America and someone said to you, like, what's your goal or or whatever, you would be able to say to them, look, I'm hoping to get on to speak at a stage called Worlds. And then you know, do you know of anyone who can help me get on the stage at World? That's a very specific ask where it's just then a matter of time. I mean, I've seen people literally put their goal into an email signature. And sure enough, as you send like thousands of emails every single year, someone was able to to help. So this person, my good friend, Adam Carroll, put that in his email signature. My dream is to speak on a TED stage. If you know of anyone who could help, I'd greatly appreciate an introduction. He got one TED talk that was okay. That one TED Talk got him to a London Business School talk, where he's now got more than 6 million views on that TED Talk, which is about what playing Monopoly with real money taught my kids about life. Oh, that's a great title. Yeah, it it certainly is. And it completely changed Adam Carroll's life, all because Mm. he put his goal, which, of course, you have a goal in the first place, all because he put that goal in his email signature, this is what I'm saying. Like, what a great example. And that's so smart. Like, so smart. Especially if
1: you're doing, you know, big, like sending out emails on a regular basis. Um, even if you're not. Like, I don't send out that many emails, but the quality of people I talk to can be quite quite high. So, maybe I should do that. Um, yeah, but why not? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, it's not, it's not that hard. You know, yes, you can, you know, in the world we're in, and a lot of young people probably don't even realize, but like people pay 50 grand, 100 grand a year for masterminds. Mm. Not for the content. Yes, the content's great, but because you can go away and meet people. I mean, isn't that the key reason you're paying for a mastermind?
0: Huge. Relationships yeah. for everything. Instantly get access to that person's entire substantial network. Completely changes yeah. the game.
1: Yeah, Because the Tony Robbins example, right? Let's say this guy asks for the Tony Robbins thing, and all he had to do is connect with one person. That one person he connected with, he could be leveraging 10 years of building a relationship. So that guy spent 10 years to you know build up to where he is and finally meet Tony Robbins. And then this guy connects with him, and he can leverage that 10 years in a matter of seconds just by an email introduction
0: exactly and the difference there imagine if now if with a great experience with tony where he can say to tony look you know what see my dream to go to the white house i would love to have my pillows sitting in the white house with us presidents forever you've worked with a bunch of us presidents is there anyone you'd feel comfortable giving me an introduction to and something like that i mean incredible but if this guy this doctor had a horrible experience with tony or he was just focused on a transaction and didn't really value that relationship the whole thing would have ended there progress would have ended and in fact he would Mm. have burned the other bridges around there so making sure that you that you reach out so yes a great experience with tony but then to reach back out to joe and say joe what you did was amazing. Tony got a great result as I knew he would, but it never would have happened if you didn't provide the introduction. I just wanted to reach out and say an extremely heartfelt thank you for making that introduction. Mm. What can I do to help you to pay you back? Something like exactly.
1: that. It's just, you know, you're just helping each other out. And this is a whole rising tide lifts all boats. Like that's a mindset we've got to adopt. And I think in school that really gets crushed. Like it's, it's really your own race. You know, yeah. if you do, if you, do, if you help someone else, you know, your marks are going to suffer. And so yeah. it's kind of like, it just doesn't make any sense. We've really got to be in this together, especially Australia's a very individu- individualistic company, a uh, company, country or company. <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> um, but very countries individual- are sort of turning into companies. <laughs> I know, exactly. And so I just think we need to become more, let's do this, we're in this together. Like even right now, the battle of COVID is, you know, Melbourne versus Sydney. It's like, it's not we're in this together. We're like fighting each other. It's like Sydney siders want Melbourne to go into lockdown and Melbourne are like, oh finally, you guys get gonna suffer like we did. It's like, what?
0: This is yeah. not what well, we're, we're a country. We should be in this together. Yeah, and you can you can you can see the energy in social media posts. Now I I never watch the news, but it's interesting when you go and look at like a news.com.au thing that appears in your Facebook feed, the comments on there. Like it is extremely mm. rare, if ever, to see exclusively positive news. People in there, yeah, there's a, a number of trolls, but people in there just shit talking each other they're in there to to really it's it's to taunt each other to inflame these things have you ever had your mind changed your perspective changed, based on what someone has viciously said to you on a social media comment Mm. never no one's opinions are changed by doing that yet everyone is doing it it's this vitriol that we that we have and for young people who want to achieve these really big things we worry so much about what other people are going to think and just because you went to high school with someone, if that person is not aligned with you from a values perspective, does not mean that you need to be friends with them forever. Mm. It really really doesn't. Yeah. I mean, we, we, yeah, we have that. We spoke there about that goal of having something on your email signature, putting it down there. A lot of people might not do that because look, what if I'm emailing my mates and they see it and they give me shit about it? And it's like, God, that's, and I would have thought exactly that if I was in my late teens, early 20s. But now, 38 years old, James is like, that is, it's a crazy way to do it. All you're doing is inhibiting your own growth and progress. And also, like, you, sure, there's obviously there's
1: banter and, you know, that's mm. part of friendships, but there does get to a point where it's like, if they're making fun of your goal, it's like, that is crappy friends. Like, why would you want to surround yourself with that? I, I promise you, my friends are the opposite. Like, mm. and I've got them now. It's taken me a while to find these people. You know, I'm five years out of school now. It took me a few years. I was quite alone for a bit. But it's like, you know, whenever someone puts in the goal, it's just all support in the group chat. It's like, how can we help? Blah, blah, blah. You're launching a new thing. Oh, I'll test it. I'll trial it for you. And it's just, it's so valuable. It's, it's so, so valuable. Um, The importance of growing your network and building relationships, as you can see, hopefully just from this short conversation we've had so far, it's not as transactional as you might think. It's not as intentional. It's more just organic and Mm -hmm. stuff happens and understanding that life can't be planned out because that's not how life is ever going to work. You can't plan out different stages. You can have a vision for what you want, but it really, you know, the best parts of life are unpredictable. You didn't know you were going to get that home renovation, which could Mm -hmm. then lead to a TV opportunity or whatever, Mm -hmm. It's like you don't know. And so you've just got to keep putting yourself out there and meeting people. Um, But would you have any specific advice for introverted people? Um, Obviously, introverted people can still hang out and do all this mastermind stuff. Is that just, do you think people are just kind of psyching themselves out if they're introverted?
0: Yeah, I think you need to recognize that if you're an introvert, you don't need to force being an extrovert. There are a lot of other introverted people out there who are going to resonate exactly with your energy. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. When we talk about things like neuro-linguistic programming, mirroring is a very, very big one. And talking about if you want to get buy-in from someone, you want to generally meet their level of audio and raise it by about 10% if someone's an introvert and you're yelling at them or how they feel like they, you're yelling at them because you're massively extroverted and they're massively introverted, there's going to be no alignment there. So recognizing there are a lot of other introverted people out there, but what are those key characteristics that really are the fundamental of relationships? One of the big ones is talking in the interest of the other person. So if I say to you, Byron, how are you going with your business? And we just talk about Byron, Byram, Byram. You're going to feel great because we're, yeah. we're talking about your favorite subject, which is yourself. And people can deny that, but it's true. And that's what's been written in books like How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, it's doing things that are thoughtful, doing things that are unique. You don't need to be an introvert or an extrovert to be able to do that. And even people who are very introverted, you can also have some type of process uh, something to follow, like a framework that encourages you to push yourself out of those out of those comfort zones to get those things done. There was something that Keith Ferrazzi, who's the world's foremost authority on relationships, he posted on his Instagram stories a few months ago. Someone had sent him a shoe and a handwritten note. And the handwritten note said, Dear Keith, it has been my dream to meet you. I thought this shoe would give me a foot in the door. I will give <laughs> you the other shoe when we meet in person for our interview. Yeah, wow. That was it. And what do you think he did? Keith not only said yes to the interview, he posted it to all his followers on Instagram. Yeah, wow. That's a matter of being unique and resourceful and thoughtful. It doesn't matter whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert to get that done. Yeah. Well, do you know
1: what my friend did, who's a musician? He is a big fan of Ash London, who runs a radio show here in Australia. And um, he he found out something that she... Liked cup- I can't remember the exact story but she liked cupcakes or something and so he made a cake full of cupcakes a bunch of like cupcakes and he printed her face on them or something like that <laughs> I can't remember the exact details but it was along those lines he posted that to her and said "Um, find out the rest of the story on my Instagram and then he got all his followers to tag her and you know sure enough of course she responded how could you not? someone put in all this effort and that goes back to people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care Mm. and by doing this foot in the door thing by showing that you've researched her history you've made cakes for her then you posted out the cake you've got all your followers to tag her she knows how much you care about her so now she cares about how much you know and now she's going to connect whereas most people will reach out and say hey look i can do this for you i can do this for you i can do this for you they don't know how much you care and it's really going back to that word being genuinely interested Mm. and so you've got to You've got, you've got to go in with good intentions and really not try to make it transactional, which is just what most people try to do.
0: Yeah, I reached out to Keith Ferrazzi, who wrote a book called Never Eat Alone, number one New York Times best-selling book, and it's it's very much the, the modern day how to win friends and influence people. And I emailed Keith through a personal introduction, which I've been able to establish through years and years and years of, of trying to focus on that growth. So a personal introduction into someone who I genuinely wanted to have a connection with, because his book changed my life. And I was able to write to him and say, Dear Keith, your book, Never Eat Alone, I first read it in Boston in 2012. It completely transformed the way I viewed the world. It's taught me so much about relationships that I'm continuing to apply today. It would mean the world to me. It would make my dreams come true if you could come on my Win the Day podcast so I could interview, you know, talking about relationships and share your mission with the world. Would love it. You know, what can we do to make that happen? Something like that. And not only did Keith come on the show through a very sincere, heartfelt email email, we were able to establish a friendship there where I've got his phone number now in my phone. I have a signed book that he sent to me that's sitting up there on the bookshelf and I feel like I could reach out to him right now and he would say yes to whatever it is. Even Mm. I said to him in that conversation that one of my big things that I I want to do is write a book on relationships and I would love him to read it and give me a testimonial. And he said, I'll do you one better. I'll even write the forward. That's the difference. Yeah, that's the difference with coming from a, a genuine heartfelt place versus these transactional people which i just i just can't stand them where you know the people who make you tick a box to say like um when you want to go on there they they reach out to say look come on my podcast show um and you have to tick some box to say that you're going to share the episode oh, with all yeah, of the yeah, followers yeah. beforehand and it's like mm. that's the same person who doesn't do the research for the podcast that's the same person who doesn't know anything about relationships because they're they're doing the ask without the give and you've got to do the give first. You've got to give, 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 and come from that place of genuine curiosity. And if you can do that, I mean, yeah. I just I mean, uh, f- for those
1: yeah. of you who know Gary Vaynerchuk, as I'm sure you do, his first, his first book or one of his first books was Jab, 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 Right Hook, which is a metaphor, boxing metaphor, right? You know, so we're going jab, 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 bang, knockout, jab, 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 bang. So he's saying give, 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 then ask. Mm-hmm. That's a metaphor. And it's the same when it comes to building relationships, give, 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 ask. You know, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. It's so important. So, so important. And an example that I'll use that ties on to yours, I get a lot of people asking to come on the show. And I get, I, I think I signed up to some email thing stupidly when I started the podcast. It's driving <laughs> me mental. But I get all these people who just say, you know, it's a clearly a copy and pasted email. They put, you know, Byron and Driven Young and I'll be like, I love the episode with seventy three James Whitaker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like, they would have just said a real email. It's like, hey, I love your episode with James. That was phenomenal. Instead of like, they've just taken the title and copy and pasted it in. And I'm just like, I get so sick of these. And it's like, they're not genuine. They just, mm. it's very transactional. And then they'll be like, he's a foremost in marketing. He's a successful entrepreneur. And it's just like, yeah, you clearly don't know my audience. This really doesn't, not that relevant to what I'm doing, but I've had a lot of people and I don't know. I would guess at least 10 people I've had on the show who asked to come on. How do they ask to come on? Most of them either emailed me or Instagram me. And it always began with, hi, Byron. I'm a massive fan of your show. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've been listening to podcasts now for a while. I've gotten so much value out of it. And I it's so relatable. I just want to share my story. I I got a 99 ATA, just like you say. And then I dropped out of uni or whatever, just like you say in the podcast. I'd love to come share my story. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'd love to get you on. That's happened a lot of times. I've had a lot of people come on my show and it was just a simple DM. It wasn't a fancy structured email Mm. that was copy and pasted. It was because it was genuine. And that is the power of, you know, being genuinely interested. If you're not genuinely interested in them, then why are you even reaching out to them? Like, what's the point?
0: Yeah, there's that level of authenticity. And I really feel that you attract that with, with your show and just the work and things that you do and who you are. The very first person who I agreed to from a pitch to come on my show as a guest it was reached out through a third party. And the way they framed that was that you and this person, you would both appeared on Unstoppable with Kerwin Ray, Kerwin Ray's podcast, um, where, you know, that was like a bit of a credibility stack there. And it was also a commonality thing. Here is a bit about this person's journey. Um, we're a big fan of your show and would love to help promote that to our audiences via these channels. And it's like when you're just ticking a few box there about those different things, it's it's very different to that copy and paste job. I mean, you're probably the same as me. I can't mark that as spam quick enough. You know, you never <laughs> want to hear from those yeah. those people again. It just completely shuts down that that uh, opportunity for them to have any growth or any relationship for the future.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and it's funny because I posted, I had a really funny template and I sent it to my friends in, in a group channel. I like, "Look at the template." He was just like, <laughs> "You're harder to get than the Pope," and he was like all this funny stuff. And I was just like, ah. Oh. You know, I respect it, but at the same time, you know, I know it's just a template and, you know, someone made a good point. They were like, well, I I respond to everyone anyway because you never know what could happen. You know, Mm. you never want to close doors. Always Mm. leave them open. I was like, yeah, it's a good point. Now, look, if someone sends me an email and it's clearly personalized and I don't want them on the podcast, I will absolutely respond and say, hey, no, thanks. Templates may be a little bit different, but it's a good point. It's like whenever you just never want to burn bridges, never burn bridges, you never know what's going to happen. Um, always try to live your bridges unburnt, whatever you want to say, <laughs> um, because who knows where that person's going to be down the line. You you might be talking to someone, you think you're an absolute dropkick right now. Who are the, What are these people going to achieve in life? And then five years later, they've got some huge opportunity and you've built that relationship with them and they go, who is that guy? Oh, Byron. Yeah, I'll reach out to him. Bang. I don't know. I'm making stuff up here, but that's the whole point. You don't know because you're, you're not, but that's not the reason
0: you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And for those who feel like they might have experienced a fair bit of their own growth in two years, five years, ten years, it's not fair for you to think that someone else automatically has not experienced similar growth in their journey. So yeah, yeah, always making sure that you're you're just being a nice person. You know, I'm sure I could have been a nicer person in high school and there would have been a lot of people out there who could have been nicer to me in high school too. But um, because we have a, um, there was nothing too crazy that was done when I was in high school. So I have a lot of friendships and things with those people from so many years ago that it means that if there's any opportunities for us to to collaborate or hang out or, or reach out or even just say hi in the event that we cross paths and that's open rather than, rather than burnt, as you said. Exactly. And, you know, for me, when I was in high school, because I've, I've, been,
1: I've been making, you know, films, I'm a filmmaker. I, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I'm not really a filmmaker now, but that was my you know, dream when I was younger. And I've been making videos since I was like 11 years old. And so in year 12, my final year of high school, I kind of identified, I was like, okay, I don't need to go to university to be a filmmaker. I don't really want to go to university. Um, I'd rather just go out into the world and start making films. And I knew, you know, in any industry, filmmaking is one of the most important to have connections. People, people say they'll go to the most prestigious film schools in Australia solely to meet, network with the people there, solely to meet the other students and network with the teachers. Um, and that's crazy to me, but that's, you know, how important networking is. So I understood that. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to start, you know, building my network out of high school. And so what I did during high school was I figured, what's more important than marks to me? I want to be known as a video guy because I never know who's going to need a video guy. And so throughout year 12, Valentine's Day, I made six videos for Valentine's Day, all little skits that were promoting stuff. I made a time travel video that involved Back to the Future and this incredibly advanced video for our captain end of year video. It was seven minutes long. <laughs> um, the year before that, I did a zombies video for the year. I made filmed and edited an entire video of zombies for the, their video. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I was you know, known as the video guy or whatever you want to call it. I did my major work in visual arts. I did an eight-minute film in visual arts, which was super artsy. Um, and I won a camera through that. I still use that camera today. And it's just like that. I really just went, okay, I want to be known as a video guy because I never know who's going to be in our year group. You, the next president, the next prime minister could be in your year group. You never know. I'm making stuff up. But that's the kind of mindset that I think is really important to adopt.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. You gotta send me some of those videos too. I'd be keen to see what young oh, Byron if, did back in if, the day.
1: If you actually search Byron Dempsey on YouTube, I haven't taken them down. You can see, <laughs> you know, twelve year old me having lightsaber battles and shooting fake guns and stuff. Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that that's there for the listeners. Um but I did wanna before we wrap up the episode, I did want to switch gears to something that I think is almost as important, and that's mentorship. I know you're big on mentorship. Um, you've helped me with a lot of mentoring stuff, which I'm super grateful for. Um, when I graduated high school, I met people know my story. I met Glenn. He wasn't like a mentor, but I got mentorship just by being around him. So he didn't like sit me down and teach me stuff, but by just by being in his community and constantly being around him, I learned so much. Um, what are your thoughts on mentorship and
0: how do you recommend people find a mentor? Well, the big thing with mentorship is it elevates your idea of what's possible for you. If you're just hanging around the same people, then you're going to have a very restricted idea of what's actually possible for you. And the whole world, the whole world is open for you. It's what, like 7 billion people on the planet. There's a lot of opportunity out there. But if you are stuck in the same town, like for me, it was when I moved to Boston and I was surrounded by that entrepreneurial world for the first Mm. time ever, 28 years old. And I saw people my age and younger than me who were starting their own companies and pitching to raise money and doing super cool things around around the world. That was really opened my eyes. And that was where for me, I realized that was possible. So I was sort of mentored through that environment. But only when I was ready, was I in a position to be able to say, here is someone who I know is going to be a great fit for me. So getting out of your comfort zone is the biggest thing possible. I know it's very, very tough in COVID at the moment. Any chance you get, yeah, get out and attend events. The people who to be running at you and and throwing business cards and things at you. They're not the people you you want to hang around. There's a, a Tim Ferriss expression. He says, go narrow and go deep. That's the way that he views networking. You don't want to go out there and have a surface level conversation with 500 people. Find two or three or four people who you really gel with, talk about what you can do to help them, what they can do to help you, what friendships, you know what hobbies and interests and things that you have, and make sure that you keep in touch with those people. Always think about what you can do to, to give and as you get exposed to more and more industries your, and, and different people in that. And you elevate your idea of what's possible, you can start to try different things. And there's one thing that's it's very important, Byron, like the stuff that you did, you have this expertise in in video editing and, and filmmaking. That is something that you are able to offer to other people, which is a really yes. great foot in the door. For people out there who don't have any skill, it's important to develop some type of skill. Sometimes I'd say
1: video editing is I got lucky. Like I didn't realize how valuable of a skill that would be. Like everyone, like you know, I'm sure if some kid came to you and said, hey, James, I'm a video maker. Can I, can I create some videos for you for free for
0: three months? Mm-hmm. I highly doubt you would say no. I'd like say before. move in. Here's a copy. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have some type of, Napoleon Hill calls it specialized knowledge. If you don't have some type of specialized knowledge, then you're, it's going to be a lot harder for you. And the biggest trap that I see young people fall into is that they either don't know what's possible for them because of their environment, Or they haven't developed some type of specialized knowledge because they're busy chopping and changing. They keep going through different things. They're like, oh, this path is not working for me. So they move on to something else. So they get to 30 years old and 40 years old. And all they have got to show is a bunch of tasks that they have started but so little is finished. And it's when you start finishing things, that's when all of this stuff really opens up for you. So develop some type of specialized knowledge. And for me, the specialized knowledge that I had was in the realm of personal finance because I had just really spent a lifetime in in personal finance and also written communication. I was always just, I naturally gravitated towards writing. So it was so easy for me um, when I went to university, writing was something that I actually started studying there. And that really tightened up my passion for writing with technical expertise in writing. And it's a very, very valuable skill to have, especially if you can combine that with things like uh, copywriting and a bunch of different different other mm-hmm. things. So um, anyone can expand their idea of things like communication. There are certain skills out there that are just very useful for, for everyone. Communication is is so yeah. big. Speaking on stage is another really, really important one, and that focus on, on relationships. But really, above all, just having some type of specialized knowledge that you can attribute to give that great foot in the door, to give someone some type of uh, value.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, you mentioned their finance, like you, we could do an entire separate episode on money and finance, and maybe we'll do that in the future um, if people enjoy this one, because I know, I know how important you think that is and how important I think it is for young people to understand. Um, but yeah, mentorship is is crucial. I just think, I love what you said there, you know, and I, obviously I talk about this quite a bit, but if you're stuck in the same area, you often can't even see outside of your your area, great. This is a crazy example, but Joe Rogan just released an episode. I don't really watch his podcast, but I watched his episode on um, this woman from North Korea. I don't know if you heard about it, but it's I've heard unbelievable. About it, yeah. Like these people don't even, they, they can't even comprehend what gratitude and empathy is because they've never seen it. They don't have words for it. Um, you know, she talks about how she saw, not too graphic here, but she saw something horrific, like a, a young boy who's dying on the street begging for food. And she felt nothing. She didn't care because she was so used to it. Because that's the world they grew up in. That's an extreme example. But if you're surrounded by these people and there's constantly this bullying, this banter, pulling people down, that might be completely normal to you, and you're not even aware of it. And that's not your fault. But what we're trying to say is you've got to grow, you've got to expand. Have a look at what other people are doing. Surround yourself with people that really fulfill you and bring you up. And how do you do that? You know, maybe it means move, move countries. Go move from Sydney to Melbourne. Go do a reset um i'm pulling back to my mate dale here musician he went to paris for like three years Mm. and he learned so much he he learned another language he went to um you know europe and had an incredible experience there and just reset his life and it's quite exciting because you can reinvent yourself you can meet all these new people so i just think don't settle especially while you're young don't settle don't stay in your comfort zone get out of your comfort zone while you have the chance
0: For sure. I mean, the first 28 years of my life, I lived in Brisbane. Beautiful place. I love it. All my family and stuff's there. I I can't Hmm. wait to go back to visit. I just don't know if it's home for me right now because the first 28 years of my life there, all that taught me was I need to be an accountant or some type of finance professional or a lawyer or a doctor. And I didn't, and, or work in the mines or work for government. I didn't fit into any of those categories. None of those Hmm. things really jive for me. So, I moved to Boston where I was studying an MBA that was at an international business school that was nine months in Boston and three months in Shanghai in China. And then after that, I moved to LA. And very quickly after that, I had started a whole bunch of different businesses. I was executive producer for the film Thinking Grow Rich The Legacy, which is the very first time a movie about the best selling self help book of all time had been made. I was interviewing some of the most successful people on the planet, like now TV shows and all of these different things purely from a change of environment. Mm. So I just, I don't say that to brag. I just, I really just say that to let you know that sometimes, as you said, that change of environment to elevate your idea of what's possible, it can be just Mm. the shove that you, that you need. And maybe you've had a situation where, you know, you've been fired from a job or a relationship breakup or anything like that where you're just not feeling it, that change of environment and just getting around somewhere that you think might be, might be good for your soul and, and yeah. um, just a change of pace can change everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm working on this gap year project. That's kind of what I'm trying to do with that. I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're feeling a bit lost, you know, especially if you're in another country and you're feeling lost, come to Sydney come to me for a year do this gap year program we're going to surround you with incredible people we're going to give you education we're going to give you parties festivals everything that you could kind of want in a year will be there and all these fresh new people and i want to i'm going to force friendships on people i'm going to like <laughs> if you go to events every single week and you meet people you cannot help but make friends hmm. um, i think the problem is people will go to a party and they you know i think we're also this we have this pre- this idea this americanized idea that we look at movies and friendships just happen very organically in the movies like they just stumble upon each other and you know they have a problem and they solve the problem together and they become friends and it's like it doesn't really happen too much in the real world you've got to make an effort you know if you want to build friendships build relationships don't wait for them to come to you you really have to be putting in an effort take responsibility take ownership and accountability that this is something you should be doing and prioritizing in your life
0: So true. And good relationships don't come through posturing and worrying about what other people are wearing. There's a quote that I love. It says, small minds talk about people, big minds talk about ideas. Mm. And yeah, making sure that you're just around that environment where especially if you're in a position or it's forced on you to come from a place of vulnerability where you can say, and vulnerability comes from the word vulnus, meaning wound from from memory. And it's like being upfront about your wound rather than trying to show this armor that you have is a really great way of being able to establish those connections. So, you know, the I love the intentional gap year and everything that you're doing. So on the condition that the borders are open, even if I have to jump on a cargo yeah. ship, I think I'll do all I can to get into Sydney for it.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, it's exciting. I think it's, you know, yeah, COVID's really hit us hard in, in Australia right now. So it's, it's disappointing. So I don't know what's going to happen with it, but long term, it'll exist whether it's this, you know, this year, next year. We'll see. Um anyway, James, this has been a really cool episode. We've gone quite specific into communication networking. Hopefully people got some um some gold from this. There's been so many great takeaways. Listen to this again if you want. Like I'll listen I'm going to listen to this episode after I edit it. So I will have listened to it three times. And that's really how I start, you know. I've lived it, I edit it, then I listen to it, and that's how I really ingrain this stuff um <clears throat> into i guess who i am so before we wrap up i'd love to ask a final question and that is what is your number one piece of advice to an 18 year old right now the younger generation what advice would you give someone who's listening
0: i wish someone told me this when i was 18 each day if you do not make the decision to win you have automatically made the decision to lose mm. wow and is that is it hence the tense name win the day Win the day. It all came from that. So where that really came from is that when I first read that the poverty conscious will automatically overtake any mind that is not preoccupied with being success conscious, which is a hell of a mouthful. But to say each day, if you do not make the decision to win, an idea of, of intent of what it is that winning looks like for you on this day, even if it's just three things that you're going to do today that get you closer to your goals, that hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you should at least have some goals written down. So each day if you do not make the decision to win, which means having the intent to move towards your goals, you have automatically made the decision to lose. Because if we don't have that specific idea of what winning looks like for us, it's so much easier for all for us to fall victim to distraction and procrastination, you know, watching TV, just doing nothing meaningful until you wake up one day and you're like, "Look, I'm 30 years old, 40 years old, living this horrible life around mm. people who I don't like with no money in the bank and and poor yeah. health. That's I what think, manifests over time.
1: You know, we talk a lot about the importance of, you know, compounding habits, habits that compound over time. That's essentially what you're saying. Like, we're not saying you have to crush the day every day. Just have, you know, for me, winning the day for me today is number one is do this podcast interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I've you know, I normally have three things actually. I have a three, every day I set three goals um you know today it's do do this podcast interview um finish this quiz you know i'm working on this are you ready for university quiz my mom's going to help me with that because she's got a day off um and then the third one is i'm going to see my girlfriend tonight so they don't always have to be work related Mm -hmm. but it's like having intention um is super important but the flip side is as you mentioned yeah, it's really important to be doing this stuff, but if you're not doing it, it's going to put you on an even worse trajectory because your negative habits are going to compound over time and it's going to get worse and worse. And you're going to go, how did I get to this place? Well, you've been doing nothing for five years or you haven't been doing anything with intention for four or five years. And you see a lot of it. You know, you're in the money and finance world, but how many people hit 30 years old and go, I have no savings and nothing to show for it? Well, the average person earns about $600,000 in that time. And it's like, I've earned $600,000 in my life, but I have nothing to show for it. And it's like, that's just bad habits compounded over time.
0: Yeah, definitely. And don't blame other people for your circumstances. Empower yourself to get out there and do whatever it is that you want to do. Absolutely.
1: Well, James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, If people want to get in touch with you or find out more about your show, um, obviously I've done an episode with you. So that's going to be coming out soon. So if people want to hear more about my story and hear this podcast on the reverse where James interviews me, go check that out. Um, But you've got some incredible interviews very similar style to my podcast in terms of personal development, a lot of the topics you cover. Um, where's the best place to go to find, find you for that?
0: Yeah, so you can go anywhere you listen to podcasts. Win the Day with James Whitaker. Win the Day with James Whitaker is the name of the podcast. Connect with me on Instagram at James wit Seriously, if there's anything I can do to, to help, just send me a DM. Let me know you're a friend of Byron's or part of the Driven Young community. Uh, I'll help out as, as much as I can. Seriously, make sure you, you yeah. take your opportunities to, to make it count.
1: And honestly, if you've listened this far into the episode, we're an hour in now, and you know you should be doing that. If you've just listened to an entire episode about communication and how powerful that stuff is, I would be taking that opportunity. Um, I know how, how many people are going to listen to this podcast. I don't know; my numbers change every time, but at least a few thousand people are going to listen to the show. How many people will message you? Five max, I would guess five max. Um, it depends. It depends. Often I get a lot of messages for some, sometimes I get none. But for a communication episode, I would hope you go message James and message me as well. Like I'm always looking to help people. I might take a week or two to respond, but I will respond. I promise you that. Just put yourself out there. You know, right now in COVID, communication and networking is hard. What's the easiest thing? Instagram DM, doing over social media. So, James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Super excited to work together in the future. And maybe we'll get you back on one day to do a money and finance episode.
0: Love it, Byron. You're a legend. And thanks so much for having me on and everything you do for Driven Young. Cheers, James.